Recorded live. Thank you. 
um, we don't know when to move on, don't know how to move on. Uh, so I really want uh, to address uh, this today is being so close to the, to the year. I think we have, what, a few more days here, a week or less than a week now uh, before January is out. But it's still, you know, the first part of the year. And many people at the beginning of the year, it's just the opportunity, the time for them to start over, start afresh. And so that's what we want to deal with today, um, moving on. And, and before I, I move on into that, let me say that um, I said uh, last year, and I want to be uh, integrity is very important to us, so that I was, I was going to do a series in the month of January about uh, cultic tendencies and oppressive doctrines. Um, I haven't really moved on that because just, even though I said that, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel a relief in, my, in the Lord really asking, uh, telling me to share that, but I want to mention it, some things about that because it was brought up. Um, and so I will. Uh, and, and what I mean by cultic tendencies in the person's doctrine, sometimes um, in our Christian community, there are some Reformation organizations that act outside of uh, the parameters of, of Christian leadership as it is uh, lined, lined out in the Bible. Um, they overstep their boundaries, misuse and abuse authority. It's those type of situations I was referring to. I, I, I am in no way trying to come against um, structure, order, the government of uh, of the Church of Lord Jesus Christ. All that is just very, very, very much necessary. What I am saying is that we must be careful who we follow, we must be careful of the circles we find ourselves in, and we must always be led by the Spirit. Try the Spirit to see that there be a God in Christmas in, 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 in John, in the Christmas of John. And so let us not just have blind loyalty. Let us make sure that what we're in, what we're being taught, uh, what is being preached to us, is indeed the doctrine uh, of Jesus Christ and that are lying in the Scripture. Anything less or more than that, uh, you don't have to accept. All right? So I just mentioned that because I said I would, uh, but I'm not going to go all into it today. I want to talk today about moving on. And, of course, within moving on, sometimes even through some situations involving church or Christian community, of course, we have to deal with that also. Um, so we're going to begin with the time we have left today uh, about moving on. Again, life presents us with so many different uh, things. And sometimes things happen that that's just we have no clue, uh, we have no training how to deal with it. It just happens, and we're left holding all these feelings, uh, left in moments of despair, left overwhelmed, trying to figure out what do I do. What do I say? How do I respond? All of that. Okay, so that's what we're going to do with today. Moving on. All right. Um, in moments of uncertainty of life, that's when we find out how strong we are. That's really when we find out um, what we're made of, who we are. It's 
sometimes trouble that reveal character and integrity in a person. Unplanned events, the loss of a job, sudden death during the loved one, uh, disease, separation, divorce, all of this at any moment can befall any of us. Let me quickly say, just because you're saved, just because you give God, just because you're in good standing with the church, does not mean that trouble won't find you. Our good friend Joe said that uh, any man that's born of a woman is of a few days, and those few days are full of trouble. Okay, we're in we're in uh, this world of humanity, and it befalls all trouble. This happens to any of us. It doesn't matter who's saved. It really doesn't matter. Uh, even when it comes to death, and we'll get more into that. Paul said, uh, "We don't mourn as those who have no hope, but we do mourn." All right. So just again, just because we, we're saved and are, and are in covenant with God does not mean that we are uh, 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 not going to have trouble. Life happens. And when life happens, some decisions have to be made. Decisions of should I go? Should I stay? Uh, Should I forgive? Should I not forgive? What should I do? Do I buy? Do I save? What? Do I sell? What? All of this happens at any moment. At any moment. And we have to decide the course of our life. What is best for our life? Okay? When do you move on? When do you move on? When, 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 when holding on to something hurts you, destroys your health, and your potential to live a fulfilled life, time to move on. You have to look at why are you uh, remaining stuck into or uh, in this situation. I hope, I hope I'm making a little bit of sense. Uh, life is a balance of holding on and letting go. It's a balance. When do I when do I invest energy and resources to hold on to something or when should I let it go? Life is a balance of constantly uh, holding on and let it go. And we need to seek to make the right choices in the matter. Okay? But the timing of those choices are so very, very important. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship, romantic relationship, marriage, uh, job, family issues. It, it really doesn't matter. Uh, when do you let go? And sometimes things have ended long before we've actually let it go. The expiration of something has happened a long time ago. Okay? Um, it's kind of like uh, milk. You know, uh, if you try to drink milk past its expiration date, it's going to sour. But on the carton of milk somewhere, on the jug of milk, has the expiration date. It tells you this is the day this thing ends. The safety of, of, of you consuming this ends on this day. But sometimes we feel that we got few more things, a few more moments. You know, sometimes life is like that. Sometimes relationships are like that. You think, okay, by time is out, you know you've heard from God or you've seen certain signs. Okay, the relationship, job, it doesn't matter exactly what it is at this point, but but you feel 
that, well, just maybe they're like this. Maybe I can fix it. Maybe it'll turn if I give it a few more moments. No, you have to be able to recognize the expiration date on any relationship, whether it's a romantic one, whether it's for a job, whether it's for your Christian community. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to recognize the expiration date. If you don't, it will cause you so much trouble. And, of course, our greatest fear many times is the unknown. I don't know how to live without this. I don't know how to live without this connection. I don't know. That's all I know how to do as far as a job or career. I don't have any other training. I don't have any other education. I've been with this person 20, 30 years. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Okay? That's so our biggest our biggest fear is, is, is unknown. But God is able to help us get us beyond that fear. Okay? I'm going to mention uh, a few things uh, about signs when it's time to let go. I'm sure I won't cover most of this, but I do want to uh, at least give you some signs of when it's time to let go. And, of course, many of you already know sometimes you just had big green neon light signs telling you let it go, let it go, but somehow our minds play pitch on us that we've got more time or we can fix something. All right, um, look at this one. When your situation causes you more pain than joy, that's a sign it's time to let it go. When you're hurting more than you're rejoicing, when, when, when you have a lot of negative energy, negative emotion happening with this connection, again, relationship, job, career, situation, whatever, when it's all negative, okay, and it's causing you pain, it's hurting you, that's when it's time to let it go. I remember this is uh, probably, well, definitely over 20 years ago. I remember I visited TJ doing a series. This is when he was in Charleston, West Virginia, as a matter of fact. Um, when hurting, when helping you is hurting me, so you may, it may recall that. When, when helping you is hurting me. When, when, when you are destroying yourself, when you are dying inside, it may be time to let that thing go. All right? It may be time to move on. When your thoughts are more of yesterday than the present moment, when you have thoughts of, of, of memories, the greatest joy and, and memorable moments are in the past, could be time. Uh, to let, let that thing go. How many times we talk to people, and it's always, you see their eyes, they light up when they're, when they're talking about the past, but they don't want to deal with the present. Okay? It may be time to let some things go when your mind is always on the past, never in the moment. Okay? Never, never, you don't see a way that you can live with this thing tomorrow. It could be time let that thing go. Okay? Let's look at another one. When you expect, you plead earnestly, beg for a person or situation to change. And we know that we have a supernatural tool called prayer, and I do believe prayer changes things. Prayer can change things. But when you're always in a state that you're never content, remember the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content. He said, I've learned how to be uh, without things, and I've learned how to be uh, abound. I've learned how to have a lot of things, but 
out of all of that, I've learned to be content. If you are never content, it could be time to, to change some things in your life. It could be time to move on. Okay? And you're always wanting and needing something to change in your life. When you're not satisfied, when you're pleading, begging for a person, a situation to change, you don't like the job, and, and you, you know, you're always complaining about, well, my job would be better if my if the manager or supervisor was there, or my job would be better if I didn't work these hours. My job would be better if I made more money. My job would be better if they had more benefits. Whatever it is, if you're always trying to change something, it could be time to move on, especially if your efforts aren't being recognized or if your efforts aren't doing anything. Okay? Here's another sign that it could be time to move on. When you become... Uh, complacent, bored, you stop growing, stop being excited about what you're doing, and become more resentful of where you are, what you're doing, who you're connected with. Time to move on. Now, now, I, I, I hope you're here with mature ears. I'm not giving you excuses to get out of responsibility or things of that nature. I'm just simply telling you, you know, moving on. When do I move on? How do I move on? All right, but when you, when you become resentful or bored or complacent, it's time to change the things. It's time to move on. And move on don't always mean separation. It could be changing you, changing your perspective, changing how you do things, okay? Um, that's, that's what it could be. All right? I want to come back to that, you know, complacent, and maybe we will uh, later on. Uh, we, we mentioned this song, when the pattern persists, even though you try to change it, when you try to fix something, but it's not working. And you prayed about it, you fast about it, got prayer partners to pray, you took it before the church and all of that, and, and you tried everything, but it's just not working. It could be time to move on when you're submitting suggestions and you're really trying to make a concerted effort for things to change, but they won't. It, it, it may be time to move on. Okay. And again, I hope you hear it with mature ears that you, you're really hearing the heart of, of why I'm saying what I'm saying. All right? When you feel alone, unheard, and disrespected, and I think this is kind of really... Uh, well, it is dealing with me, uh, relationships. Yeah, when you're feeling alone, unheard, unrespected, unappreciated. Yeah, well, let's take it. Let, let's stretch it. Even on the job, unappreciated. All of the efforts go totally unnoticed. It could be time to move on. Out of all you do, you try to make this thing work, and it's not appreciated. Not even a thing. No recognition or anything. Uh, I don't know who all of that there. I'll go back and try to review it later. But, but, but think about that. Think about that. Even if, if you're in a relationship, how, how, how would it feel? You know, when nothing you do, and maybe some of you have been there, nothing you do seems to work. Wow. 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 Let's, let's come back to that one. When the situation is holding you back, from growing and becoming who you were meant to be. 
Oh my. Then, wow. Wow. When yeah, and that's true. That's true. I was in a few conversations recently, very recently. Talk about the same thing. That sometimes we find ourselves in situations. We find ourselves even with certain responsibilities, and because by whatever means we have these things, it has prohibited us, prohibited us from becoming all that we could. You know, I, I could have went to school. I could have followed my education. Could have did other things, but this is holding me back. And if you feel that something is holding you back from being who you are, just expressing who you are. Now, I'm not talking, again, mature hearing, mature ears. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, just, you just won't, you flip it, you know, you just you change with the weather. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying when, when you know that there's more you have to offer, when you know there's a, a new you, another you, the real you in you that have never been and you feel that you're in prison and you feel that, that thing or whatever is holding you back, it could be time to move on. Yeah, it could be time to move on. Okay, which brings us to the When you stay hoping things will get better, maybe they'll see it, maybe things will change, maybe this will change, maybe that will change. When you're, when you're always uh, hoping for change that never comes. Could be time to move on to your Okay? When you do, listen, when you cry more than you laugh and your emotions are more negative than positive, when you're sad more than you have. I just don't believe God would uh, have us to live all of our days in a perpetual state of grief. So I, 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 I don't believe this. Uh, John Pinson, I come that you might have life that more abundance. Okay? I know, you know, yeah, all those who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our everyday living, our everyday life. We just live in a perpetual state of grief, pain, sorrow. It's always woe is me. You can't survive that way. I mean, uh, science and medicine have proven, and so many statistics that are, that are out there that says, I mean, that stuff it shortens your life, it lowers your life expectancy when you're always uh, experiencing the negatives. Okay. When you feel exhausted emotionally, so exhausted spiritually. And you're just at your wit's end. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to feel. Just stop. Just numb. Give me, you know, time to move on. When nothing that happens now affects you, good or bad, it doesn't affect you. It could be time to move on. Wow. Let's talk about emotions, excuse me, spiritually exhausted, because sometimes you can be spiritually exhausted and don't even know it. When there's no spiritual growth, when there's no uh, conviction, when there's no witness, 
Um, yeah, that means you're spiritually exhausted. When you just go through the motions and nothing affects you, the word preached or taught doesn't affect you, the worship doesn't affect you, uh, communion with God, private devotion, none of that seems to, seems to quote unquote, let your appetite. Nothing connects you to spiritually. It could be time to move on. That's a very dangerous one because sometimes you, you can't get in the place that you can actually like where you are. But you are not benefiting spiritually at all. It could be time to move on. Hmm. Yeah, you can actually like where you are. You can actually like um, some of the things that's offered at a ministry or whatever. But again, there's no spiritual connection. Mind and spiritual connection. You're spiritually exhausted. Okay? Uh, let's do something else. When you've lost your passion and joy, uh, we dealt with that, I think. Yeah, we just, just, you used to love to do it. Now you don't. It is no passion, no joy. Wow, it could be time to move on. And again, moving on, don't necessarily always mean moving to another location you separate yourself. It could be a change in you. You have to move on. You have to grow in your perspective. All right? But sometimes it does mean you have to separate yourself from this. Uh, but a, a, a passionless person can become Wow, a potentially dangerous person. How can how can we really stay connected without passion? Wow. Let me go ahead and just kind of say this. Is kind of I don't know if it's going to clear the air or or, or open up Pandora's box. But in relationships, a lot of times it's something you have to deal with. Uh, is in marriage, and I I believe in marriage because God. Believe in marriage. I support marriage. God supports marriage. But marriage can be hard if passion is gone. Not impossible, but hard. And passion is gone. When when nothing nothing is there to cause you to want to stay to make it work, that can be quite quite hard. Um. Please work to keep the passion in your marriage. You're mad at this. Uh, work. You know, you plan to get married. Work to keep the passion in there. Okay? Uh, it doesn't mean being extravagant and just spending and y'all really got to go on a mini vacation every weekend. I'm not sorry. It's the little thing that, that counts to keep passion there. Work hard to keep passion. All right? We will do that next one sometime. All right? Um... When your core beliefs and values have changed, just to hold on to what you want. When your core beliefs and values have changed, just to hold on to what you have. When you sacrifice who you are, what you believe, to hold on to something. Time to move on. When you start going against what you believe, wow, time to move on. Definitely time to move on. Um, this happens a lot in corporate America. Um, I've heard people say and have witnessed in order for them to get to the top, they have to sacrifice. Sacrifice their feet, their dignity, sacrifice their self-respect. Two things that they didn't want to do, but in order to get there, no, don't let anything compromise or cause you to compromise what you believe in who you are. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. You are more valuable than that. 
not even more valuable than that. Do not let anything cause you to compromise who you are or what you believe. Don't do it. And when it gets there, it's time to move on. I promise you. If it gets if it gets that bad, it is time to move on. You just stop having fun. That goes back to that passion. Time to move on. You used to enjoy going to work. You used to enjoy doing this. You used to enjoy this outing. You used to enjoy this ministry, this auxiliary, this outreach. Uh, go on. You used to enjoy going to choir. You used to enjoy being on the praise team. You used to enjoy being on the usher board. Enjoy working with the youth. Now, I don't like that no more. Could be time to move on because you don't want business to stay in. Because when business is staying, that exudes from you. And the people you're supposed to help, you find it hurting. Um, again, this lesson is on moving on. When do I move on? How do I move on? Something else. When you move on, when you fear that what you're experiencing now is the best it will ever be, then getting you better won't get any better. So you gotta move on. Okay. I just don't think you have these feelings, I just don't think things are gonna change. It's not going to change. Wow. Really? Even for the better, it's not going to change? No. They won't change. He won't change. She won't change. This won't change. It'll be time to move on. Okay, you've been, you've been noticing that you've been changed for how long now? How long is it? Yeah. Could be time to move on. Hmm, here's a good one. Wow. When you force smile, mask, what you really feel when you have to force yourself to smile. When you have to pretend all the time. When you have to pretend all the time. Wow. Yeah, time to move on. You never to feel positive about what you're doing and what you're connected to. Yeah, time to move on. Time to move on. Time to move on. When you lose who you are, if you stop dreaming, time to move on. When you feel that you yourself cannot improve. When the thought of being free feels unreal to you, in other words, you can't even imagine life without fear. And it's hurt me at the same time, but yet you can't, you can't even imagine life without this, yet it's causing you pain, and you can't even imagine life without this. It could be time to move on. Really? I mean, if you just happen to leave this job, there's absolutely nowhere you, can, you see yourself employed at. Nowhere. 
wow, really? You mean there's no other choir you can sing in, no other musical aggregation that's out there at all that you can be a part of? There's no other ministry, there's no other youth group, nothing that you can see yourself uh, with? Just this or nothing? Oh, wow. You need a light and move on for real. All right? This is just something um, that I saw that I thought would help us uh, present this and and and, and try to uh, express the point of when to move on, when to move on. Um, you know, I mentioned a lot of uh, biblical verses. I didn't um, really return to these. Let's, let's look at some Bible uh characters and, and Bible events that may offer us a little bit more as it relates to moving on. When do we move on? How do we move on? First thing I want to go to is um let's let's go to Ruth, Ruth chapter one. I'm sorry, just give me a moment to get there. All right, Ruth chapter 1. I'll be reading from the English standard um, of the Holy Holy Writ. Okay, I'm sorry, just give me four. All right, and basically it's the whole chapter. I'll try to read it as quick as I can. And um, in the days of the judges' rule, there was a famine in the land, and the man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Shilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. Now these two, these two sons took Moabite wives. The name was one was Orpah, and the one of the other Ruth. And they lived there about ten years. And for some strange reason, reason both Milan and Chilion died, so that the woman Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food, but there was a cry of famine going on. Now this place, her homeland, had food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead, your husbands, and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. He's blessing you. Verse 9 again, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. She's praying, hoping, blessing them for a better life. Then she kissed Again, that blessing part. And they lifted their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will 
Return with you to your people. We want to go with you. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I have sons in my womb? Am I going to get married and have children, two more sons, that they may become your husband? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night, and should bear you sons, will you therefore wait till they get grown to get married? No. Go. For it is exceeding bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Verse 14, it delivered their voices and what began. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now, for many preachers, we pick up the story from there, and we preach on Ruth and not Orpah. Okay? And one of the main reasons why we do that, because the Bible basically is about Ruth, Ruth's offspring and her family, okay, not Oprah. All right? But let's, let's look at this. Again, the lesson is talking about moving on. When do I move on? How do I move on? When it came to Naomi, the old, old woman, the elder, the elder woman, she lost her husband. She has become a widow in a time of famine. She lost her husband. But instead of sitting there grieving, because, listen, when she lost her husband, she was essentially, and her two sons, she was essentially left without proper provision. And her status, her status as a widow without sons to take care of her had put placed her on the low end of the social totem pole. And being there, definitely she would have been in poverty, extreme poverty. Okay, so her decision to return back to her homeland was for self-preservation. I need to survive. I need something to eat, some place to stay. I don't know anyone here. I'm going back home. I, I, I hear that there's about uh, the bread, or the Lord has visited that land. Her land was bread in our in our language. I hear the economy is better there. I hear they have uh, government assistance there. State assistance there. I'm going back home. Where I can get some help. That was her reason for going back home. But uh, 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 Ruth and Orpah, she said, okay, I see y'all hang with me. I don't have enough off y'all. She's not being cruel. She's not being mean like some old people can be. No, she's not that. She's actually being very, very realistic. That's what you have to be when it comes to make a decision when it's time to move on. You have to look at the facts that's before you. You have to be realistic. I love Naomi. She is very real about her condition and where she is. She said, look, I'm old. My husband left me. My two boys are dead. I have nothing to offer y'all. Y'all, girl, you know, you're fairly young. You're cute. There's a chance for y'all. There's no chance for me. I'm old. I can't have sons. If somebody would happen to want to marry an old woman, I can't have children. And and, and if y'all going to wait till my sons get old, in order to marry them again, she's being very realistic. Okay? That's what you need to be when it's time for you to move on. Realistic. Yeah, realistic. We, we, I, I don't know, sometimes uh, we as Christians, God help us, especially in the black church, we lose our mind when we get saved. You know, okay, she was realistic. And, and she tells Ruth and Naomi, Ruth and Oprah, girls, this is real. Y'all have a chance. I'm blessing y'all. Go. May you find blessing in the house 
of your husband. Say, God bless you. She's blessing you. All right? They weep. Okay? It's appropriate. You know, I'm sure they have fours. They got a lot of lots to weep for. All of them going to grief. All of them feeling lost and without, uncertain about their future. The Bible says, lift it up your voice and well, and that's appropriate. When it's time to weep, when it's time to cry, allow yourself to cry. Allow yourself to emote. Don't let anybody tell you that feelings are unspiritual and that it's wrong for you to feel the way that you feel. Don't let people tell you that. Okay? Allow yourself to emote. Okay? Now, we criticize, I've heard preachers, preachers criticize Oprah. She, she weeps and she says, you don't want to stand with you. She expresses her feelings. But again, she realizes the real, real uh, being real. I need to return to my people because really I don't know Naomi's people. They will accept her. They may not accept me. So they lifted up their voices, wept, kissed, Oprah went back to her people. They gave her a hard way to go. I applaud her. Again, you don't know what happened to her. I believe the blessing that, that Naomi spoke upon her life, I believe it caught up with her. I do believe that. But again, the Bible is about Ruth's family, not Naomi's family, or, or Oprah's family. Okay? You see that? All right. Um, that's that. We know what happened to, to, to Ruth, you know, Boaz, and all of that. And clap, hand clap, applause, applause. I bring that up because we need to allow the situations as they are and look at situations as they are to really determine when it's time to move on. So look at all promises. Or anything like that. Okay, this 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 character Naomi again was very real, very raw. She said, "I'm old. I can't do nothing for y'all. I can't have children. I gave y'all the best I had, but my sons they're dead. There's no need for y'all to hold on to me the way you are. Your life would be better without me." And they agree, which is appropriate. Because sometimes when you kind of move on. You have to grieve for what's, what you're leaving, what you're leaving behind. All right? I think we have time for one more little uh, illustration here. I hope I'm doing fairly okay with this. Um, and that is the story of David and Bathsheba. Now, I won't read all of this, Second um, Samuel chapter 12. I won't read all this. If you know the story, David saw Bathsheba bathing on the, on the housetop. He knows he's married. He brings her to his palace. He sleeps with her. Well, they have sex. Okay? They have sex. She gets pregnant because her husband is one of David's soldiers. So she gets pregnant. She tells David she's pregnant. David knows that uh, he's a father. She knows he's a father. And she's married. So David devises a plan to try to cover up what he's done. You know the story. Um, bring your husband home from the battlefield, furlough, whatever, bring him home. Um, try to get him to sleep with his wife so everybody would think that his child. You know, didn't work, good soldier, he can't concentrate. His mind is on the battlefield with his comrade, with his, his soldier buddy. I can't enjoy, you know, all of this and my boys lose their life, you know, put them back out there on the field. David tries, okay, all right, let me get him drunk. He tries that. 
still wouldn't speak to his wife. Okay? She said, the Lord back to David, yo, David, this ain't working, dude. You're going you're gonna to find out. But David sends him back to the battle, have some front line where he knew he would be ambushed and killed. That's what happened. Time goes by. Have the baby. Baby comes. He tries to, you know, marry. That's usual. Half the baby try to cover everything. Everything's cool. Not necessarily so. God sent the prophet Nathan to it and said, David, God know what you did. Long story short, God tells David, because of what you did, this child is going to die. So I think all that, that stuff as to why God, God said he's getting your enemies to blaspheme you. i got to deal with it. That's how God dealt with it. He's God. He can do what he wants to do. All right? So let, let's look at it. It's a very complex story of love, adultery, murder. It's not like scandal or something. All right? But look, it took a radical prophetic confrontation. But when David finally was cornered, he admitted what he did. He accepted responsibility of it. Okay? And if you read the text of the Bible in 2 Samuel um, chapter 12, it, it mentions uh, that the child, not the babe or the newborn child, and some scholars suggest that this baby could have been in work from one to two years old uh, at the time of his death. Okay? So they had time. It just wasn't like a miscarriage uh, or any death. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to turn into anyone that has had a miscarriage or anything like that. Any child's death is very significant. In someone's life, um, but 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 the phrase "child" that's usually in scripture suggests that uh, they could have grown very attached to this this child. Okay, so when 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 the child was struck with an illness, and it was quite obvious the child was going to die, just as God said, David began to fast and pray for the child. All right, he began to fast and pray. For the child. But something happened. The child died. You read the story, get in which nobody wants to tell the king that the child died because during that time, uh, a bearer of bad news, sometimes the king would have their life taken from them. So nobody wants to tell the king something bad has happened. Your child? No, you tell him. No, nah, you tell him. I ain't going to tell him. You tell him. So he said, okay, what's going on? Is the child dead? Yes, the child is dead. So he gets up. Washes himself, about taking on himself, breaks his fast, start eating. And I'm like, wow, man, this is the time for you to, you know, go crazy. You know, this is the time for you to go to Holly, screaming, praying, asking God, why, please, Lord, do it, Lord. This is the time that you fast. They have God turn around. Why are you doing this? David said, listen, when the child was alive, there was a chance. The child is dead now. There's no chance he's coming back. He says, I will go to my child. No, I will die and go to my child. My child will not be resurrected to come back to me. He knew that. Was David then being insensitive? No, 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 no. He was not being insensitive. David did not dwell in false hope like many of us do. Because, again, some things have an expiration date on it. And when it ends, we, for some reason, for some reason, think, um, God's supposed to bring those things back. No, 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 no. No, you were fired from that job. The job closed down. Yes, God could supernaturally do some things, but no, you won't go back to that job. He may have another job for you, but that one's gone. No, that company closed up. They went bankrupt. No, 
They downside for real. And you know that. But sometimes we live in false hope in the name of faith. I wish I could say, can I get a witness? It's real anyway. We live in false hope in the name of faith. David said, I, will, I refuse to, to spend one moment living in false hope. I wish the situation wasn't this way. I prayed for it to turn out another way. It didn't. Fine. Let me deal with this now. Let me not wish and pray for what I want it to be. Let me deal with what is. That's what we have to do when we move on. Deal with what's before you. Don't just deal with what you want it to be, what you wish it was. Deal with the fact that it is. I know, I know some of you that go to some of these faith churches, you know. But I really believe a lot of folks, a lot of us have been taught faith wrong. Because the way we teach faith is not what the Bible teaches us faith. We teach faith is that faith is a means that you can get anything you faith. If you say it, God will give it to you. When we miss you, Matthew, uh, or excuse me, uh, Mark 11, you know, what sort of things you say if you Say God got to do it. Okay. Okay. Remember this. Think. How many times have you spoke to me, prayed to me, decreed and declared to me? Did it really turn out exactly how you wanted it? How many of you, and I'm not being insistent, I need to press this point. How many of you watched loved ones die, slip from this world into the next? You prayed, you fasted. You believe to God. You, you anointed them with oil. Had this things all over the country, all over the world, praying for your loved one, and they died anyway. We holding on to the word of God. God, you said, you said, you said, you said. But it didn't turn out the way. And some of us are mad with God for some of that. We're mad with them right now. Stop dealing with what you wish would have had and deal with what is, they're gone. Now deal with that. Allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to process that emotion. They're gone. They're not coming back. I feel some of y'all existing right now. That's okay. Get a healthy two letters. Get a healthy two letters. David, David said, I'm not going to spend one moment dwelling in the past of what I wish it was. Child is dead, there's nothing I can do. So the Bible says he gets up, he brings himself, watch, eat, and worship. He worships. I'm ready to um, let this go. When it comes to moving on, there's some, some, it's an important decision. When do I move on? How do I move on? It's, it's, it's a very important decision. Don't let anyone minimize its importance. Make a prayerful decision. Make an informed decision about when it's time for you to move on and how you should move on. Don't let anybody else decide for you. You can seek counsel because the Bible says, the Bible says in the multitude of counsels, uh, in most of the council, there is safety. But you don't let those people tell you and decide for you what you should do. You need to decide that for yourself. So 
make sure you make a proper decision. Make sure you make an informed decision and a decision that you have multiple uh, advice or counsel about. Don't let others decide for you. Last thing I would say about this is, is let's use Jesus. Before Jesus ascended, he said, peace. Oh, I gave you peace, I leave. Even when it comes to a decision to to separate yourself from people, again, be in a relationship with Christian community or church or whatever, that this relationship is not working anymore and you have to leave or you decide to leave. Leave in peace. The Bible says, as much that lies within you, Romans chapter 12, live peaceably with all men. As much that lies within you, live peaceably with all men. You can leave, but you don't have to leave like a hellion. You don't have to destroy where you are and then leave. You don't, you don't sabotage where you are and then leave. No, that's not that's not quite Jesus said, peace. Okay, I leave with you. You leave You do what you can. You do what you should. And leave. You can say bye to never say hello again. I don't plan to see you or none of y'all or who you can see. No more. Fine. Leave in peace. You don't sabotage person. You don't you don't blast them, you don't humiliate them and just just viciously destroy their reputation. Or their you know, don't do that. Not purposely, so don't do that. But just leave. Please. Okay. Uh if if, if someone fires you or you know someone you know if you got voted out of a position or whatever at your club, you know, or your Christian organization or whatever, don't mess up the office. You know, lock the computers and don't give them the password. Change the locks on the door. You know, hide the key to the file cabinet, things of that nature. Don't do that. That's wrong. Don't do that. Leave in peace. Leave in peace. Move on in peace. I hope this is helping somebody. I really pray this. Uh, leave, leave, leave in peace. Don't, 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 don't be. Listen, that's our time tonight. Uh, first time back to the studio. I hope, okay, something was said that uh, we learn from, hold on to, that you were informed, inspired, encouraged, and uh, empowered by something that prepared through our Truth Zone sessions tonight. Uh, we'll continue next week, uh, same time, uh, online and on, on the conference call. Uh, we're trying to do better by teaching uh, some of this. Uh, uh, categorized and, and uh, you can go back and kind of listen to uh, the lessons. I started recording late on the Ustream, so we may not have that out, the whole thing, but we'll get snippets of it out. We'll do, we will try to uh, send posts or some highlights of the lessons later on tonight or tomorrow of, of the lessons. So we're going to do what we can. Um, we're going to keep this, this ministry going, and it is a ministry. Um, started expanding us. Um, 
you do know from uh, the late part of last year, around what was September, uh, we were on site in Florence. And so at the place we were, we really couldn't get things going with the um, Wi-Fi connections, things of that nature, which is why we weren't uh, able to uh, communicate this way. But um, we're making some adjustments. God is expanding. And um, I just got out, uh, got from a call right before we logged on tonight, uh, very positive news that we'll be hopefully next week um, telling you about. Uh, pray with us. Uh, pray for us. Uh, tell somebody else about Truth Zone. If it's helping you, if it's blessed you in any, any way, tell somebody else about it because, uh, as Jesus said, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is our time. We stopped a few minutes early um, tonight. It's about two or three minutes. Um, don't hold it again, but I'm sure we, we may have to borrow a couple minutes another time. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy blessed New Year. May God give you all of the strategy and the wisdom and the resources that it takes for you to fulfill everything that you need to fulfill in your life as he has spoken about you from the foundation 